It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic's roster is essentially full for training camp. We talked about the present on our last episode, so let's talk a bit about the future. The stage of development the Magic are at and what opportunities lay before them. It's time to talk Magic basketball here on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic. Today is August 3rd, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little about the, the roster situation as the Orlando Magic appears set to completely fill their roster before training camp. So no more talking of signings, none of that stuff. It's, it's pretty much all done. We'll also chat a little bit about what stage of development the Magic are at and some of the lessons they might need to learn as they look ahead and get ready. But before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Whether we're your first listen of the day, whether you listen to us right when we upload, no matter when, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a bunch of great Locked On podcasts covering every single team in the NBA, plus our national podcast, Locked On NBA. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm still kind of catching up on some news. We are in our summer schedule, so you'll see at least three episodes a week here for at least the next month, month and a half or so. Um, so again, we're we're in the off season. Content's starting to dry up a little bit, so we're not gonna try. We're not gonna exhaust too much. Um, as a, a site and podcast announcement, over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, we're going to feature shooting this month in August. We're looking for the best shooters in Orlando Magic history. There's a poll, a link to a poll for you to rank your top 10 shooters in Orlando, top 10 or more uh, shooters in Orlando Magic history. You could do that. Go to my Twitter page, at OMagicDaily. There's also a link uh, in one of our articles at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We'll keep promoting it. I'm planning to close the poll or record the results of the poll uh, Friday at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, that may get extended. I haven't decided yet. Uh, but you still have time to vote and contribute to this poll. We're going to hopefully feature a bunch of stories 
on OrlandoMagicDaily.com about the Magic and their relationship with shooting. We will talk about some of those here on the podcast. We do have good August distractions for you, at least for the next couple weeks until we get to Eurobasket, uh, until we get to uh, watching Franz Wagner play um, over in Germany for uh, for for the tournament. Uh, we'll get to work. We got plenty to get to. Don't worry, even though we are on our summer schedule, but we're still kind of catching up on some news here as the. Orlando Magic are reportedly set to completely fill their roster. Um, we've talked about this numerous times. It's going to be one of the big, big, big uh, talking points and one of the big things that we talk about that that, that we're going to be analyzing, discussing as we get into training camp. Yes, it's kind of lower on the totem pole, but Orlando currently has 16 players under contract or under a full-time contract. They've got their two two-way players, and they've reportedly signed two more players to exhibit 10 contracts. That gets you to 20. If my math is correct, uh, you could carry a maximum of 20 players in the offseason. Obviously, uh, you know, when we get to the roster, roster decision, the two players on non-guaranteed deals are Devin Kennedy and Jonathan Isaac. We don't think Jonathan Isaac's going to get dropped. So there's a little bit of a battle that's going to go on here uh, for the for, for that last roster spot. The Magic have reportedly inked their two-way players, or they have reportedly inked their two-way players. That's, that's been made official. Admiral Schofield and Kevon Harris. Um, the Magic reportedly signed Kevon Harris to a two-year deal, their first two-year two-way contract. Um, Admiral Schofield is essentially a two-year two-way contract, but he signed individual contracts. Um, and so the, that leaves the Magic with just two roster spots left. According to Kobe Price of the Orlando Sentinel, the Magic have indeed filled those roster spots. Xavier Xavier Simpson, who we know from uh, Summer League, and Drake Jeffries will be taking on those final two spots. Um, you know, look, I I have made my thoughts clear on what I think the two-way contract should be and what these ex- and, and and all that. Exhibit ten contracts are essentially just bonus um, for. They're their bonus for Lakeland. Um, essentially, it's it's how you attract guys to your G League team. It's how you fill out your G League roster. You give guys a camp invite. They get an NBA contract. They get a little bit of money, and then they get a bonus if they clear waivers and end up playing for your. So we're talking very, very, very. I I I know you know we we're at an age where every little transaction gets a woge alert, um, and, and everything gets picked apart. Don't. Don't do that here. This is this is a roster, very, very, very small thing. Um, and so I, I don't want to make it bigger than it has to be. I want to get to the meat of this episode here in a bit. But I, I do think it's worth noting a few things. Hey, Xavier Simpson is a very good G League player. And so if he's running the point, if he is playing point guard for Lakeland, Lakeland's going to be a better team for it. Lakeland had a difficult season last year. Now, obviously, the Magic took a lot of their players uh, because of all the injuries they had and the COVID issues that they had. Uh, and so, you know, Lakeland needed, needs a little bit of a boost. They need some consistency. And a uh, first-time head coach as well, that they need some stability. And Xavier Simpson is a G League veteran who can do that, as is Admiral Schofield, as is Devin Kennedy, if that's where he ends up playing. Um, as, you know, Kevon Harris is, is, is definitely more of the project and, and more the guy that the Magic seem to be invested in to see how he grows and how he develops and, and, and where he might fit moving forward, and so there, there's definitely a little bit more incentive to say, okay, let's see what Kevon Harris can really be. The guy that I'm interested in in this group is Jake, Drake Jeffries. Um, 
I, I will say this. Uh, you know, we're we're going to talk plenty more about shooting here. Um, in the it, over the course of the next month, this current Magic team is not very shooter friendly. It doesn't have a lot of shooting, um, and so you know, I, I would say. You know, the Magic as an organization, as a front office, do have to start putting an emphasis on shooting, on adding more three-point shooters. It's the reason why I think Devin Kennedy is going to hang around. Kevon Harris is a solid three-point shooter. And with this second Exhibit 10 contract to Drake Jeffries, they got themselves a bona fide shooter. Drake Jeffries can shoot the cover off the ball. He did a great job shooting at Wyoming. Again, Wyoming, he shot the ball well in the one summer league game he played this year for the Denver Nuggets. Um, this is a guy who is known as a shooter. He's got good size at six foot five um, to defend multiple positions. The question I think that's been lingering about Drake Jeffries is can he do it at a high level? He just hasn't had a lot of high level reps. And so playing in Lakeland is a good place for him to kind of get those reps and see, okay, let's see what this guy can do. Now, again, Exhibit 10 contract. Often what teams will do is midway through training camp, midway through the preseason, they will cut their Exhibit 10 guys and add new Exhibit 10 guys, or cut their guy, cut some guys before the last preseason game and add a bunch of Exhibit 10 guys because this is, again, this is extra money, this is extra resources for your G League team. Drake Jeffries is playing in the G League. He is not going to be on the main roster, so I don't want to belabor the point too much, but I would say Orlando has at least put some lines out for some shooting, um, and we'll see what it develops into in training camp. Obviously, you watch camp, you give guys their fair shot, and if he earns his way to a full contract, then you make some decisions a little bit later on down the road. Um, like I said, I, I think the Magic do need to find another kind of wing, another 2-3 wing instead of a 3-4 wing. Um, so I, I think there is opportunity there for some of these guys, but um, again, it's not likely this season because this season is not necessarily about this season. I know we talked a little bit about expectations in our last episode. I want to talk now about the future, about how the path is opening up for the Orlando Magic because, as always, the clock is ticking and it's not going to wait for anybody. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Waiting for my copy to load here. But first, a quick word from betonline.net. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. I know they got over-unders posted for rookies. Paolo Bancaro, last I checked, was over-under 17.5 points per game. Over under eight and a half rebounds per game. There's definitely some opportunity there if you're looking to to bet on Paolo Bencaro. I'm sure their rookie odds are going up. Their win loss totals will be going up. I think they have the Magic at 27 and a half over under. There's plenty of action. Plus, with the NFL starting, gotta get yourself going now. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. Happening today. Bet online where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
you know, there's, there, I, I will say this. Um, I am a fairly conservative and cautious person when it comes to making major moves. Um, I know that frustrates some of my some of my readers and listeners. That's just my perspective. I tend to be a gather all the information, see what has. I I would not be a good GM because because GMs do need to be aggressive and decisive and. You know, I, I think there is fair criticism to Jeff Weltman about his penchant for running things back and not mixing things up. Um, I think that's always the first place to start because the, because the NBA is not a patient league. Um, I know I've said this. If you're not getting ahead, you're falling behind in this league. Everybody knows it. Everybody around the league understands that. You always have to be getting better because... Everyone around you is getting better. There is no standing still in the NBA. It's a great mistake that was made in 2019. Maybe it wasn't a mistake. Maybe it was. But, um, you know, I, I I think there were good arguments for the Magic to be a little bit more aggressive with that team that they had in 2019. Just as I think there were good arguments to say, like, okay, let's figure out if this thing was real. Let's see what Jonathan Isaac can add to the mix as he gets better. There were reasons for the Magic to kind of stay patient and think that they were getting ahead by staying patient. But at the end of the day, obviously, they made the wrong decision because they had to move backward. Or maybe they made the right decision and just wasted a couple couple seasons to get there. Um, obviously, you know, you look at all the offseason grades that are coming out now and, and all the analysis of the offseason, everyone believes the Magic have gotten better. You know, again, you're looking at a 22-win team, yes, with injuries, um, now projected at 27.5 over-unders. This team got better this this offseason. Even just adding a fully healthy Markel Fultz for a whole year, even just adding their draft pick, even if it wasn't Paolo Bancaro, this team got better. Let's let's just call this what it is. It was a successful offseason. I think the Magic did a really good job. The other frustration that I saw throughout the course of the offseason, though, was about the Magic's willingness to stay patient. Um, I was personally surprised Magic were able to re-sign Mo Bamba. Um, you know, they, I, I was surprised they were able to get Gary Harris back. But at the end of the day, Orlando was bringing back the same roster that they had last year. Yes, they're adding Paolo Bancaro. Yes, they're adding Jonathan Isaac, supposedly. Yes, they're adding Mar- a healthy Markel Folds. But this is the same group as last year with some of the same flaws, with some of the same problems, with some of the same issues. And, you know, I've said that this is a proof-of-concept season, that this is a year where the Magic really learn and figure out who's going to help them win, who's not, and move on from there. To be sure, I don't think the Magic can stand pat again next summer. Next summer, the Magic have to start thinking about making moves. Next summer, the Magic have to start figuring out how to really push this team forward. And and how quickly they're able to do that will depend on what happens this season. If Paolo Bancaro looks like a true superstar from day one, the speed at which the Magic change and the speed at which the Magic expect to be competitive in a serious way is going to dramatically shift. If you know they hit my moderate expectations, I'm, I temper my expectations a lot. If they hit that 30-win mark, low 30s maybe, and show some good signs of things, but don't really have all the pieces together, then they're probably going to be aggressive, but not at the high end of aggressive. If there's one thing we can say about what the Magic have done this offseason is is they have kept all options open. The Orlando Magic have put themselves in a really, really good position contract-wise. 
Orlando was one of the few teams this season that had cap room, and they essentially rolled it all over. Uh, by, by our friends at, at Spot at Spelltrack, um, to have the Magic with anywhere between twenty and thirty million dollars of cap room, depending on how much the salary cap increases next year. You look at the structure of the Magic salary. You look at the Magic's contracts. They only have one player on their books on a fully guaranteed deal beyond twenty twenty four. And that's Wendell Carter, who signed a front-loaded deal at, at last summer. This is the first year of that deal. Marco Fultz has two more years left on his, Jonathan, on his deal. Jonathan Isaac years left on his deal, but all three are fully non-guaranteed. Essentially, in addition to having their own draft pick, in addition to having the Chicago Bulls pick, the Denver Nuggets pick in 2025, what the Magic have done is they have put themselves in position to make any, do anything they want to do. As several fans have pointed out and several fans have argued, the Magic could easily put together a strong offer for Donovan Mitchell right now. They very easily could. Between all the draft picks they have, between all the young players they have, they could put together a very competitive offer. Some might be asking, why aren't the Magic doing this? Well, some of it might be because, you know, as good as Donovan Mitchell is, they don't see Donovan Mitchell as lifting this team into championship contention. Because... At the end of the day, that's what matters. I would argue, and maybe some people would disagree with me, but I would argue the superstar trade is the last piece of the puzzle. You have to kind of know what's on the box before you do that. Um, But I would also say that, yes, it is good that we can have this conversation. Yes, it is good because Orlando can do all of these things. Essentially, Orlando has, until the summer of 2024... To, do, to make its move. They have two summers to figure things out. Because in that summer, Franz Wagner becomes a free agent. Uh, Paolo Bancaro will become extension eligible in that summer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they, they have some time. But that time's going to run out very, very quickly. And that's why this is such an important season. Like I said, it is a proof-of-concept season. It is a season where the Magic are going to learn exactly what they have and exactly how to build around it. And that's going to be the real challenge. That's going to be the real test for this team. Because they do have to show something so that they understand the pace at which they should grow, and more importantly, who they should target when that player comes on the market. I've seen a lot of people argue that there will not be another player like Donovan Mitchell that comes on the market. A 25-year-old on a four-year uh, with, with three years or four years guaranteed left on his deal, and that's a really good point. That is a compelling argument to go after him and say, let's just go all in. We believe that much in Paolo Bancaro. But I also believe that this team organizationally is not ready to win at the level that a Donovan Mitchell would expect. And that's why they need to win a little bit first. That's why they need to get some wins under their belt, show that proof of concept. That's that's my theory. That's my that's my argument here. Um Maybe they are. Maybe Paolo Bancaro is that guy and they're ready to move much quicker than we all anticipate. But what the point is, is the Magic are able to make these moves. And they're making these moves at an interesting time. I think it is important to put this in the larger context of the NBA. The new collective bargaining agreement is in tw- it comes up in twenty at the end of the 2024 season. So that big summer that the Magic are expected to have a little bit of money, uh, the Magic can have money anytime they want, but... The, uh, that, that summer, the Magic are expected to have to spend a little bit of money to keep Franz Wagner. The Magic, or the, the league is going to become awash in cash. It, there's going to be some new rules. 
There's going to be a whole bunch of different things. And, and Paolo Bancaro is going to negotiate his extension under those rules. Additionally, the NBA is expected to come into a lot of money in 2025. In 2025, the NBA is expected to sign a new TV deal. It is expected to be much bigger than the current one they have, even with the current TV landscape. That's going to bring a lot of money into the league, and that's going to change a lot of the calculus and a lot of the math when it comes to the salary cap and what the Magic can spend. Orlando can already be a heavy spender. They can do whatever they want. But now they got to be patient. Now they got to pick the right moment. But unfortunately, that clock is ticking. There may not be a right moment. There may not be the perfect situation. And again, that puts the pressure on the season, this 2023 season and this 2024 season for the Magic to know and understand exactly how they need to build and who they need to build with. A lot of that's going to depend on how good their players are. If Paolo Bancaro is a super-duper star, then they're going to understand things a lot clearer. If Franz Wagner develops into a star in his own right, if Jalen Suggs or Markel Fultz or Jonathan Isaac or Wendell Carter develop into stars in their own rights, that's going to affect how they build too. So at the end of the day, no matter who you, what, what superstar you're pining after, you still have to have a product on the floor. You still have to be able to play well on the floor. You still have to have something to offer on the floor. And that's, again, why the season's important. Because this is where the Magic show who they are on the floor and what direction they need to build. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Then there comes the concept of the championship window. Then there's the concept of what do you do when you're in the window? And and, and I find these the, the, the this discussion really, really fascinating because it's it's been a while since the Magic have had a championship window and and had to act in this way. Uh, there are two times when teams get aggressive. One, when their championship window is open, and B, when they're desperate to do something. The Magic have seen both and have failed at both at times. Um, you know, when the Ma- I, I'll bring this example, we're going to bring this example up in the context of the Philadelphia 76ers here in a minute. But um, the Orlando Magic in 2009, their championship window was open. They just lost in the finals. They had a free agent decision to make with Hito Turkaloo. And once they decided they weren't re signing Hito Turkaloo, then they had to start figuring things out. Because once, you're, once you've been to the finals, once you have a championship team, once you have a little taste of that greatness, you can't let it go. You gotta put all your chips in when that window is open. And as criticized as the Magic have been for that decision for what they did in the summer of 2009, I think they I think what they did was brilliant, personally. But as criticized as the Magic were, you can't deny that they pushed all their chips in and went for it. 
I would argue the 2010 team was better than the 2019 team. I know that's a point of contention and a point of debate. I personally think the 2010 team might be the best team in Magic history. Um, but, but the point is when your championship window is open, you push your chips in. And, and, and that's really the point of strength when you, when you do that. Your draft picks don't matter. Your role players don't matter because you could get mercenaries. You could get guys on low contracts. All that stuff doesn't matter. And obviously, 2009 and 2010, very different atmosphere and climate than it is now. I think the mercenary market is much more developed and clearer now than it was 10 years ago. Um, what the Magic did that summer in 2009 was exactly what you do when your championship windows open. They were losing Hito Turku. They didn't want to pay him a four-year deal. They sign Vince. They, they trade for Vince Carter. They get Ryan Anderson, a, a really underrated part of that deal. As much as people hated seeing Courtney Lee leave, and, and again, Courtney Lee was good friends with Dwight Howard. We could we could debate whether that move was worth it, but you go after, you go get Vince Carter, a superstar player that can help with one of the big weaknesses on the team. They needed a guy, especially if they're losing Hito Turkoglu, you could create a shot off the dribble late in games. Um, they go out and match. Match restricted free agent offers on Marcin Gortat and J.J. Redick. They go out and they sign Brandon Bass while they're waiting on the Marcin Gortat uh, on the Mavericks uh, on the Mavericks offer sheet for Marcin Gortat. A, that, that is a quirk in, this, in the collective bargaining agreement that has been corrected, so the Magic would not have been able to do that today. The Magic went for it. They went and got more. They went deeper in the luxury tax than they have ever been because their championship window was open, and they were not going to let it close. Not until they got desperate. This is where the scared money don't make money that, that Billy Napier up in Gainesville uh, is telling his, his team right now. The Magic got scared. Um, you know, Regardless of what happened in, the, in December 2010, Orlando made a weak move, and that closed their championship window. They went out and traded essentially all their assets— Michael Petrus, Marcin Gortat, Vince Carter. They traded all those assets, all their available assets for trade for Jason Richardson, Hito Turkoglu, and Earl Clark. That closed the championship window. The Richard Lewis-Gilbert Arena swap, not as egregious. I didn't agree with that move either. Um, it was banking on Arenas being what he was, and, and he wasn't that anymore. Um, if Arenas were, that would have been a fantastic deal, but um, also Arenas just didn't get along with Stan Van Gundy. That's, that's well-documented. Um, but essentially the Magic got scared. Their championship window was open. They were scared it was closing. And whatever moved them to make those deals in December, it was the wrong deal and, and eventually paved the road for Dwight Howard to leave, for them to lose their championship player. Where we're coming up on, where we're coming up next, next Wednesday is the 10-year anniversary of Dwight, the Dwight Howard trade. Um, it was a long and winding road to get there. Uh, but this is the point that, that, that I'm trying to make then. If the Magic had been aggressive and said, okay, yes, there's a problem here. This roster doesn't work. We've got to stay in the game. But that was, that, you know, this was Otis Smith's greatest weakness as a GM. As good as he did in the summer of 2009, his weakness was always that he sh he never made the aggressive move. He was never the go-getter. And, and, and honestly, this is a fair criticism, again, of Jeff Weltman and, and something we will see how he reacts when the Magic do get into a position of power where they can start buying and trying to find guys 
to add to the roster instead of just kind of taking what they can give as they're selling off their players. If Otis Smith, Otis Smith reportedly was balked at trading Jameer Nelson to go get Chris Paul that summer. Um, after failing in 2010, as good as Jameer Nelson was and as important as Jameer Nelson was throughout the playoffs, one of the great Magic playoff series against the Charlotte Hornet, or against the Charlotte Bobcats in the first round, um, killed the Atlanta Hawks in the second round, was instrumental in keeping the, the Celtics series alive. He won Game 4 in overtime to keep that series alive and forced that Game 5 back in Orlando. Um, Chris Paul is Chris Paul. And, you know, again, there's plenty of plenty of reports and rumors going around that Paul balked at playing with Stan Van Gundy. Dwight Howard wasn't super popular, so it was tough to convince other stars to come play with him. The Magic missed that opportunity. As I like to point out, no one makes trades in December. Um, so my thought is that there was something that necessitated an immediate trade that put the Magic in a position of weakness as they made as they looked for trades. That if the Magic would have held on for two more months, then Carmelo Anthony came on the market and Darren Williams came on the market. And it's not to say that the Magic had better offers than what New Jersey and New York offered them and not to say that those guys wouldn't have ended up there anyway, but Orlando had traded all their assets and they were suddenly out of the running for superstar players that would have kept the Magic's championship window open. Again, remember, Darren Williams was considered one of the best point guards in the league at the time of that trade. This is all to say then, again, the Magic are not at this step. And this is what the Philadelphia 76ers did so well last year. They knew they had a lost season. They know their championship window's open with Joel Embiid playing at MVP levels. They they went out and got James Harden. They didn't care the cost. It cost them Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, um, and Ben Simmons, plus two first-round draft picks. It was a heavy cost, but they know they need another star to pair with Harden. They've still got Tobias Harris in their back pocket. If, you know, if it gets real desperate, they got Tyrese Maxey they can trade. They still got guys they can move around, and they'll hit the mercenary market uh, and bring in guys to fill out their roster. That is a championship-level team. The Sixers know their championship window is open. They went for it. They're not going to be afraid to be aggressive when their championship window is open, and they still have the flexibility to make more moves if they need to. That's what the Magic failed to understand back in 2009 and 2010. Obviously, this year's Magic team is a long way away from that. They are nowhere near the level that those teams are at. But it is something to consider because pretty soon, as I mentioned, the Magic are going to have to put their chips in. And when they're ready to do that, when, they're, when, when that window opens, they need to be aggressive and assertive and be the team in power. Because once that window's open, it closes fast. And one bad move, one wrong move in the wrong direction closes the window completely. And that's when you get into real trouble. And so that's a big lesson that we should learn from 10 years ago as Orlando hopes that the window will be coming around to them soon. I want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the the Locked on NBA podcast. Get all the latest news from around the NBA from local experts just like me. Check it out today at Locked On NBA. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic is 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.